a two, a three, four, five. You need to get done, 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 done with the work so we can record this podcast. Um, I'm going to make sure I record that. <laughs> Hello, welcome back to Lunch Breaks with DZ and Amarachi. I'm so excited to be back and just talk to Daisy and see her beautiful face. Um, we went on a bit of a hiatus, <laughs> only for a week. So um, what you been up to? You know, just just living life. Um, as I sort of felt like one of those TV shows Uh you know, when there's going to be like a huge, huge episode, they're like, we'll take a three week break. So I, I hope everyone uh, felt that same anxiety and we're like, oh my God, when are they going to be back? Um, if you didn't, th- that's fine. If you didn't notice we're gone, that's fine. When television shows do that. Right, right. And look at us doing the same thing. But um, no, my week is good, was good. You know, just living life. What about you? Same shit, different day. <laughs> oh, wow. So, so inspiring. Yeah. That was very inspiring. But um, another reason actually why we took a break was because um, we wanted to wait until the movie Malcolm and Marie came out because we wanted to talk about it for our Valentine's Day episode. Um, We were brainstorming a bunch of different movies, but as soon as we remember this movie was coming out, we're like, we got to talk about it. Because based on the trailer, we're like, oh my God, it's going to be a movie about black love, maybe a little bit of conflict. It's in black and white. It stars these two very sexy people. It's going to be great. Um, and, uh, you know, for those who watched it, it wasn't exactly as, as romantic as I think um, we would have wanted it to be, but that's okay. So for those who haven't watched the film, it stars Zendaya and John David Washington. It's currently playing on Netflix. So if you haven't watched it, go check it out. So the movie follows them um, and they play the title film characters, Malcolm and Marie. They've just come home from Malcolm's big movie premiere. And of course, you're expecting it to be a night filled with celebration, love, joy, But as soon as the film starts, you sense this tension coming from Zendaya's character, Marie. And that tension very, very quickly erupts into an explosive argument that we in the audience are forced to watch because this is a movie. And through that argument, you learn a lot of things about them as individual people and then about their relationship. So that's the movie in a nutshell. Um, you know, we're, wor- we're watching them work work through this argument. And through that argument, we get to learn a lot about them. So we're going to take a quick break right here. But when we get back, Amarachi and I will discuss some of the reviews this film has gotten. Some good, some bad. And then we'll dive into certain themes that we noticed while we were watching. So stay tuned. Kind of just talk about the film a little bit. Can you kind of give me your takeaways? Why do you think everything has so many mixed reviews? I kind of want to know from your standpoint, and then uh, we can kind of go on from there. Like, what did you think about the film? How did it speak to you? I thought the movie was visually stunning. Um, I love the fact that it was in black and white. It it reminded me of the olden type of movies that used to be shot in black and white. And I think anytime a movie is in black and white, it sort of removes the bells and whistles and you're forced to just focus on the dialogue and the actors. And you need actors who can really, really act to carry that movie through. And I do think the casting was really, really good. Um, It was great watching Zendaya 
be in this role. I think this is her first time playing an actual 20, 20 something year old. And so that was really nice to see her play like a woman role. Um, and then I'm such a fan of John David Washington. He's actually uh, Denzel Washington's son. Um, and he's, he's a great actor. So it was just really nice to see the chemistry between the two of them. But I think like a lot of people, I had a lot of mixed feelings because on one hand, and I even did uh, like, what do you think on my Instagram? And it, it was 50, 50. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of people who really, really liked it. And I was like, oh, okay, I can see why you liked it. And a lot of people who did not like it. And I could also agree with that. So we can start off with like what went well, <laughs> I guess, what, what why people really liked it. The rawness, it was a very, very raw film about maybe the parts of a relationship that aren't really featured in movies. Cause I think if you think of like any romantic comedy or any movie that deals with a couple, um, a majority of them kind of skips over those types of fights and arguments that you will encounter when you're in a relationship. So mm-hmm. I commend this film for actually focusing on the not so fun aspects of it. Um, and I was talking to my cousin and she said something that I really liked. And she's, she liked the fact that the writer of this film, he, he took an issue that is more so common, which is being taken for granted in a relationship um, versus like the old storyline of like, Oh, you cheated on me. Um, Because typically cheating is a symptom of other things. So I guess I like the fact that um, it was very raw. What about you? What what did you like about it? Um, well, just like you, the I love that it was shot in black and white. I mm-hmm. thought that right there, like, took me. I was like, wow, this right here is super different. Mm-hmm. And because um, I'm a big fan of Zendaya, and also watching um, John David when he did um, KK Klansman, if I'm not mm-hmm. um, correct. Um, I really, I really enjoyed him in that in that film. So watching, I was really excited to watch this movie in particular. Um, I again felt very so so about this movie. Mm-hmm. I can see why people why people liked it um, because these you know these two characters were having conversations that, like you said, aren't about someone cheating or aren't about, you know, someone doing someone wrong. It was really about acknowledging one another and for them to have that conversation as deeply as they had um, and as raw as they had, I, I, you know, kudos, kudos to them. Um, well, kudos to the director and um, who was also the writer of this film as well. But they, okay. I guess we're going to go into the what... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I have to because as much as those were very small things that I liked about the film and I can see why people resonate with the film with, with me, I, I'm i going to give this film a little no-no for me. Mm-hmm. Not, I, wasn't a, I wasn't a big fan. Mm-hmm. I was excited to know that it was made by the same person who created Euphoria. So I was, you know, hoping for a little bit more. Um, but I just had a lot of no nos with this film. Yeah, yeah. I think on the part that I didn't like about it is it's very, very technical. Um, and I'm going to, you know, speak towards my high school theater background. Oh my goodness, you had one? I also had one too. Yeah, high school theater. Uh 
theory geek over here. Um, I felt technically um, we stayed at the, actually anyone who's read a book, a play, it stayed at the rising act. We, we, he, we went from the rising action and we stayed at the climax the whole entire movie. So there was no point where it dipped down. It just, it went up and we stayed up. So I just felt um, within the first 30 minutes, we learned everything about this couple. You know, I think as soon as she said, you didn't thank me about a movie that, uh, about a movie that you made that it is about me, that was it. And I think after that like 30, 40 minute mark, um, I didn't necessarily learn anything new that I didn't discover within the first half of, of the film. So it just felt, um, yeah, I just felt uh, like the same thing being repeated over and over again. Um, so Which it kind of was, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, so for me, it's more technical. Um, but I mean, Amarachi, you are actually um, a writer. Like you write, this is what you do. Um, for those who don't know, Amarachi is in the writing game. Um, a lot of critics have ha- have said that they did not like the writing. They, they didn't think the writing was strong enough and it didn't do justice um, to the strengths of, of Zendaya and both jo- uh, John David. I agree. Mm. I agree. I mm-hmm. feel like there's so many other ways that, especially just starting with the dialogue, um, you can tell when a, a film can be able, you can escape into a film. And I think that's one of the reasons why we both love television and movies is that you can be able to escape inside it. And I can just, I felt the acting. Um, I felt the, I felt them reading from a script, uh, especially um, John David. And I was very surprised. And I realized that it was mostly the dialogue and what was fed to them. So... I do feel like the writing could have been better, especially if we had a little bit more of a background. I think we kind of touched based on that, just getting a little bit more of a background from the characters. And the writing didn't have to only be about the dialogue. It's just what they were doing of action wise, Mm -hmm. Uh, just to kind of set that tone because we were kind of, we were, it felt like everyone was sitting there awkwardly in the room wondering, okay, okay. Did they want to use the bathroom? Mac and cheese is being made. You're walking around. We're silence talk. So, mm. yeah, the transitions. I, I also felt the transitions were off a little bit. It went from like one thing to another, and it didn't really tie in. There were certain parts where it didn't feel like very cohesive. Like it all went together. Um, but yeah, actually, let's take a quick break over here to make sure everyone has their lunch. <laughs> And then when we get back, let's dive into some of the the themes that we saw um, while we were watching. Well, we're back from break. I hope you guys got some water because I need some water. I'm getting kind of thirsty. (laughs) Um, So Daisy, let's kind of like dive in and figure out how did this, these two couples get here? Like how did this all begin? Mm -hmm. Um, They always this way. What kind of, what was those indicators um, that kind of showed what type of couple they were? Honestly, that's a very good question. Cause, um, cause we were just plopped in right into their relationship with no understanding how long have they been together. Uh, but I guess in the film, they said they've been together for five years. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it seemed as it, it seemed as though there was just a lot of pent up 
aggression towards one another, a lot of tension, a lot of unsaid things throughout mm-hmm. the years. But I feel like the main thing for Marie's side is she felt like she's been taken for granted. She's been overlooked in this relationship. Like he doesn't view her as an equal. Um, and then from Malcolm's side, I don't know. He's I just felt like he was a narcissist. <laughs> so I don't I don't necessarily know how he got here, but it seems for him he although he says he doesn't need Marie, he he needs some sort of validation from yeah. her. He like that like I one of the scenes that they argued and she um you know yelled at him and and listed a bunch of things of how he's just not been a good partner. But the yeah. one thing he took away from that conversation was her calling him mediocre. And I was like, ah, he just needs that validation from her. So mm-hmm. I think for in terms of how they got there, I think it's it's becoming com- too comfortable within their relationship, taking each other well, Malcolm taking her for granted, mm-hmm. um, the validation, and then maybe not properly communicating when those moments were happening. Because I feel like sometimes, uh, you know, s- somebody may do something small to you, um, and then you you were like, oh, whatever, it doesn't matter. But then when something big happens, you're like, well, I'm gonna go into my file and and pull out. Uh, this this thing that you did to me five months ago that all ties into the same pattern of behavior. So I just think it, it's just a lot of unsaid things throughout the years. Well, uh, I definitely agree with that. I feel like they're both one-uppers. Mm. Um, like, again, <laughs> you said this about me, I'm going to go dig inside my file and say this about you. Um, it They're one of those people, they're that couple that, Neither of them cannot have the last word. Like one person, like they have to have the last word all the time. Yeah. And if they don't, it would drive them insane. Hence why we saw that continuously back and forth. Because I think even 40, call it maybe 47 minutes into a movie, um, if you're a, a, a film person or someone who just really enjoys movies, you can tell from that, that point on what the whole entire movie was going to be about. Um, because you, we already knew that Marie was unsatisfied about the current, the events that kind of took place. And she already explained, she kind of already explained to him, I don't feel valued. I don't feel like you care. And I don't feel like I mean anything to you. Mm -hmm. So we already, once we already got that grasp of information, I feel like just the continuous back and forth, you already knew where it was set in stone. I mean, what, what the type of tone this movie was giving. So yeah, I just feel like with them, they kind of already explained like, Hey, I'm the person who needs to win. Like I'm always the winner. And I, I mostly got that a lot for Malcolm just because of how he just, he had to get the last word. Yeah. The last word. Yeah. They felt like one uppers. Oh no. You already said that. Sorry. They, (laughs) It's like, Daisy, yeah, I said it. I agree. Um, what I meant to say is they both appear to be alphas. So they're two alphas within this relationship. And I actually, I will say another smart thing that the writer did do is they he picked professions where, some, where both of them require the limelight. Um, although Malcolm is a director, as a director, you, 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 there's still some power that you have with that. And when your movie's being premiered, obviously you're going to be center stage and people are going to ask you questions and all of that. Uh, Marie is an actress. 
same thing. It does require you to be in the limelight. So you have these two people who are creatives. And I think when you are creative, there's just something about putting your art out there because it's just like you're exposed. It's kind of you're exposing your inner self to the world. So I feel like both of their professions um, require them to have some sort of power and limelight. So if you think about what they do professionally, that kind of explains how they are within their relationship. They kind of bring in that same energy within it where they, they're both competing for the same stage. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And especially in this movie where Marie was like, this is about my life. Um, there's one thing she said, it's like, you took, you literally, I just want the opportunity to tell my story and you kind of hijacked it and made it your own. So I, I do think that is a good point. They're both alphas and they're both competing. And since Marie didn't get the, I don't want to say attention, since she didn't get the stage um, and the acknowledgement that she needed, she needed to make sure that he understood where she was coming from. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So she was like, I am going to fight for this argument. I'm going to fight for my right. Exactly. I'm going to win this Oscar. I'm going to win the the best. I'm, she, doesn't, she doesn't want a supporting actress award. She wants the lead actress award, right? And and Malcolm over there's competing for the same thing. So I think they both want to be lead actors in this romantic, no, not a romantic comedy, in this romantic drama that they're both starring in. Did you hear this romantic comedy? Was it a romantic comedy? Please let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there were some points I was just, what? But but I, I do, yeah. So I think they're both alphas. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I, I think you kind of touched, like you touched on something um, about Marie that, you know, she's wondering why, like, she's trying to get this acknowledgement from Malcolm to let him know, like, listen, I'm the one here. Like, I'm the one who started this. Like, you need to understand that. So it goes into my next question. Do you think Marie was actually really jealous? Ooh. (laughs) You know what I'm going to say? I know... Even though I feel like it was Malcolm that was just doing the most. Um, But Marie was not, she was crazy. And I do think she was jealous. She was jealous out, like, like, like the jealousy was oozing out through her teeth. I, you know what I can say? I can say it may have appeared as jealousy, but, but the, where she came from made sense to me. Um, I think, I think what it is also Again, like they both have careers that demand a certain amount of time and a certain amount of sacrifice from each other. Because when you're shooting a movie, you know, from my again high school theater experience, when I was when I was uh, you know on the stage back then and doing a play, uh, it, what what it's relevant to this podcast. And I don't know if any casting agents are out there, um, but when you're shooting a movie, you're out doing that for like three months at a time, two to three months or two weeks, whatever. It demands a lot of time. So if they're if they're in this relationship and they're trying to build um, this relationship and trying to take you to the next level, if Malcolm has a movie, he's going to go do that. And if Marie has a movie, um, it seems like as if she's she hasn't been able to take the opportunities that she wants to take because Malcolm's career has becoming first. And I guess this goes to any relationship when you're both incredibly ambitious people and you're trying to build a home. At some point, somebody may have to take a backseat just to allow you to, to go forward. So I feel like that's what is happening here. So it seems as if Malcolm's career has been able to flourish. Um, on top of that, he took the story that is about her 
and that she contributed a lot of time to. And she even said, like, I was reading your scripts. I gave you all the notes. So I don't think it's necessarily jealousy. I, can, I think she's just watching his career flourish. She's seeing how much sacrifice she's made. And she even noted how, like, you know, I was here with the movers. Like, I make sure that you have food, which are things that are important. But she's essentially saying, like, I'm here doing all this other work while you get to go out there and play. And I would like that opportunity. And this one project where it was supposed to be both of us playing, you decided to make your own and you didn't even acknowledge me. And so I think, I honestly think if you thanked her, she would have been fine. Of course, which was the whole point of the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And I agree. I definitely, I definitely do agree. Um, however, why I feel like there was just a bit of a jealousy is because the way, again, alpha female, the one-upping, the wanting to, okay, I told you, you know, I didn't feel acknowledged, but I'm going to make sure you know where it hurts. Because mm-hmm. Marie, Marie kind of, you know, not Marie kind of in light, like, you know, in light that flame um, into Malcolm, which made him start saying all this crazy stuff. But I felt because she didn't know how to handle her emotions and because she's also still very insecure in that relationship, she didn't know how to come across to Malcolm of like, hey, I need, like, I'm not being acknowledged. She did that at the end of the movie after, you know, uh, after 2000 years later, that's when she decides to really put out her feelings because the way they decided to come out uh, at one another. But I feel like why I felt like there was a sense of jealousy is just the way she came uh, she came across it. And she didn't really, usually when you're having an argument um, or you're trying to tell somebody how, what they did wrong, you always kind of repeat the same things. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, or trying to, you know, maybe over explain, under explain, whatever it might be. It's like, okay, this is the reason why I feel this way. Or I didn't like you. I didn't like that you did X, Y, and Z to me, and this is why I'm upset. And usually, when you're in that predicament, you're going to continuously um, saying or explaining the same thing. But with Marie, it was like, okay, I told you once, you didn't listen. You hurt my feelings, so I'm going to hurt your feelings ten times more. And you know, and then we kind of lost track a little bit because she was like, I got to prove to you now that I'm that I was the actress that you need in the first place. And I got to prove to you now that you were nobody. And now I got to prove to you now because you were mediocre. So yeah. But, but do you think that's because she's, she's been put in a situation where she just had to light the flame? Um, Because I will say at the beginning of the movie, she was like, obviously she looked very upset and she said, I have the right to change my mind. Again, like you literally think, thanked every single person but me, right? So I think this night is a symptom of a pattern where she has not felt seen and, and not felt acknowledged by Malcolm in other aspects, not just when it comes to this movie, but maybe her you know, she kept referencing, like, I was here with the movers, but I never got a thank you. Like, all these little things that she does for him, he's not thanking her. And it's because he views what she does as so, so small compared to what he's doing, which is making movies and doing all these things. Um, and then I also think she even said, I'm proud of you. I just want to go to bed. Let's talk about it tomorrow. But he yeah. kept going, going, going. And he was actually the first person to 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 say the thing. He he was the first person to go really, really deep by saying, These are your you have mental issues. 
And that was not good because as the movie progressed, we learned that she actually had a history of addiction. So it seems as though he's bringing something from her past. Like that was a really low moment to, to kind of whip it to her face. And I think throughout the whole movie, Malcolm was just very like, ah! And this is not an exaggeration. That's just the level he was at compared to her. So I feel like she's just been pushed against a wall. And she's like, no, I'm going to fight fire with fire. But I, but do you even, like, I don't even know. Like, I mean, if you were Marie, what would you have done? You know what? And because of the way you explain it, I think I would do a little bit of both. Mm. Like, see, now that you explain it like that, I do see that I still think there's just a little bit, a little bit of jealousy there because, because the sheet, mm. because Malcolm got to that point mm-hmm. using using her basically having her as that support system support system having her as that you know person that she he can feed ideas from take ideas from it was like okay you literally you did get here because of me yeah you know so that's you know that's where that little bit of i'm saying um jealousy is coming from but i do agree with you it's all that it it was that all that build up and i think maybe if i was put against the wall um, like Marie to a point is like, okay, I told you how I felt. Um, you didn't acknowledge. I told you, let's talk about it tomorrow on, on a day that is not, that is not supposed to be your big day. Cause this, this was Malcolm's big day. Yeah. And you did see that in, in the beginning of like 15, 20 minutes that Marie was just really trying to focus on Malcolm's day, but Malcolm was really pushing it. You know, he was really pushing. It was like, listen, it was also my big day. And I also want to, I also want to get some too. Uh, and she just wasn't about it. So um, him continue pushing her against the wall uh, and feeling that she, maybe she felt trapped. That anxiety came in and that that's where that defect, um, defensive mechanism came in. And I think for me, I would probably have done the same thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe I would have tried to repeat myself a couple more times. So they, this, my partner will understand what I'm trying to convey. But if you continue pushing me in a corner, I'm going to come defensive. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems as though, Maybe she's learned from him too. You know, so I think sometimes when you deal with people, you learn how to get through to them. And some people, you can be very like fuzzy and warm and and that's how they like to be spoken to and that's how you can communicate with them. And other people, you have to be incredibly direct. Um, and then in Malcolm's case, in Malcolm and Marie's case, maybe she learned those tactics from him. Like we, And that's the thing I think you spoke about in the beginning we wish there was some sort of a glimpse of Malcolm and Marie before this night. Um, just for us to have like a, some sort of an idea or a reference point as to, <laughs> as to how they got here. So. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then it comes back to what we're little back and forth goes up to. And I, I just want to just say it again is um, maybe Daisy, it was just a story that needs to be told. You know what? And I and I think I think for this one, most likely, it's just a story about it. Damn, I kind of wanted you to do the rebuttal. Oh, but okay, okay, here. <laughs> you, because you know what? I and I think that's another. I think this was just about a, a story about a couple arguing. And you know, I'm always trying to find meaning towards every single thing. Um, yeah. 
and for this one, that's that's. I mean, obviously, there are certain topics here that you know we can discuss, but that's what they intended us for us to see. They just wanted us to see this one night of them arguing. Um, last episode, when we were talking about Bridgerton, we we discussed the Duke and, and Daphne's relationship, and our food for thought was: Did we think their relationship was toxic? Um, well, they seem like a walk in the park compared to Malcolm and Marie, and we're not going to say the word toxic because it seems like that's the buzzword of our little uh, podcast here. But um, something that Seth said, who was a guest last week, um, that love is actually meant to be messy. It's a lot messier than people paint it to be, which is very true. Do do you think after watching this film, love is meant to be this messy? I do not. Mm. But I do think, and this is just my personal opinion, I do think the way you, you viewed Malcolm and Marie is the way you view just certain aspects of how love should be. Um, and take that as you will. And that does, that this, this is not a right or wrong answer. So not, I'm not saying, okay, well, because you view Malcolm and Marie in such a great light, that means you like, you know, messy, toxic love. Like, no, no, no. I just feel like in, in my eyes there, when you, when, I feel like when you're loving someone, of course, love is going to be messy and love is not the only thing that is going to keep someone together. You know, it's the foundation, but it's it's the foundation. It, it's the stepping stool, stool, stepping stone, whatever you want to call it, but it's not the only thing that holds everything together. So there's other factors, but I feel like when you genuinely care about someone, doesn't matter how they like to be communicated, whether you want to, you know, give them a cuddle or maybe you want to give them tough love. I just feel like the way they went as deep as into you opening up a really deep wound to a point that it it wasn't no longer about, okay, I'm doing this to love you. No, I'm doing this to hurt you so you understand where you where you're at. Um, so that's where I was kind of getting, and I felt like their love can still be as complicated because love is complicated. And they can still have that type of, you know, complicated love, but I don't feel like it needed to be that messy. I feel like when you get that messy, um, it is very hard to continue staying together because yeah, you can love someone, you can care for someone, but how do you build up with someone? How can you stay with someone? Mm. They have opened up that wound so deeply, you know, because again, when you're with someone, you're showing not only your insecurities, but you're just being as vulnerable as possible. So um, knowing that that vulnerability and knowing that now it's like, I kind of just snatched that away from your soul, your soul. It, it's for me, it, it's a lot. Yeah. 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 I couldn't. I think the part. The- <laughs> I love Daisy. Yeah. I, I just couldn't. <laughs> you know me too well. Um, I think the scene that really, um, that really like got to me was, um, the bathtub. <laughs> The, the bathtub scene oh the, no no actually starting from that was after again uh, after they are if you haven't watched this movie and you're like do, do they just argue the whole film and the answer is yes <laughs> they argue the whole entire film but 
the one scene where he goes into the bed, finds her in the bedroom and says, and says like, how dare you say this about me when I was there, when you were a drug addict, when I took you to rehab, when I did all of this for you. And if it wasn't for me, you'd still be popping pills and you'll probably be like, you'll probably kill yourself. Something alluding to the fact that she would be hurting herself with a pair of scissors. When he said said that, I'm like, ouch. Like, like you were saying, like, I think when you're in a relationship, when you show your vulnerability and your insecurities, you're not sharing that for that person to use that as a weapon against you. And I just felt that's what Malcolm did. Cause I feel like when it comes to addiction, like she, really didn't have any control. Like you're just, you're using something that, that was one of the lowest points of her life. She fully didn't really have any sort of control over what was happening to her because it is addiction. And you know, she wasn't happy during that part, that time. And you made the decision to stay with her. You made the decision to take her to rehab. You made the decision to stay within this relationship and continue loving her. So why are you using that thing that you did that was good then and you're using it against her and making it seem she wouldn't be where she is without you so i just thought that that was super super low and that that is i don't consider that love i truly do not and then fast forward to the bathroom scene the bathtub scene where after she told him you wouldn't you wouldn't have made this movie without me because this movie is about me it's about my story my story with addiction and then he goes off and lists every single girlfriend he's ever had and the things that he took from them and put in this movie and to say you were you weren't the inspiration for this it was actually Kiki Lauren Kiki do you love me sorry I had to literally and so I just felt like Okay, so again, here you are trying to hurt her, like you were saying. Yeah. You're trying to make her feel like she's one irrelevant to this great moment. And and while doing that, you're making her feel like she's irrelevant to this to this relationship. And that if she were to leave, and she even said that, if I were to leave tomorrow, I don't think you would care. And he just kept confirming that, and especially in that scene. So if I was Marie, I wouldn't be Marie. I wouldn't because you took myself, put a towel on, walk straight out. I'm like, stop looking at me, change and pack up my stuff. Yeah, I'm I'll call the Uber um and I'll drive to the first Uber is close there. Okay, I will I will get into my Range Rover because I'm an actress and I will go to the four seasons. (laughs) Excuse me, Gaston, the penthouse suite, please. Oh wow, they already have a name. You gave them a name. Hey, I'm an actress. But um, yeah, so I just I oh man, that that was very ouch. It just I was just it was painful. It was painful to watch those types of scenes because you never want anyone to use your lowest moments against you. Cause you may because vulnerability and choosing to um as what's Brene Brown, is that her name? Yeah, she's she says like being brave is is showing your vulnerability to others. And that's true. Cause it's it's you're showing your deepest parts of yourself. And to have somebody take that and be and weaponize it, it was just awful. Shame on you, Malcolm. Shame on you. Well, now that we talked about this, I'm gonna play a little bit of devil's advocate. Is that and I think this is why. I could be wrong, but I think this is why so many people resonated and liked this film is because these are a lot of the conversations that people are having in these type of relationships. And these relationships are more common as we use, as we see them. And sometimes we don't, we, 
you know, there are a lot of people that don't understand or not don't understand, but it kind of just comes out of nowhere where you are with a partner that you care so you care and love so deeply. And next minute before you know it, you're coming to an argument and they're using these using your insecurities against you. Um, so with Malcolm, I'm about to say Malcolm in the middle. I love that show, but with Malcolm and Marie, I think showing that story that this stuff actually happens more frequently than you see it. Cause you know, it's, I'm going to, I mean, even though me and Daisy are, we're very adamant about saying we're not going to be in this situation. Cause I will try not to ever be in this situation, but, um, you, we just never know. You just never know when that when that time can come, you know. And I think that was what my homeboy Sam was really trying to 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 show here. Yeah, I I a hundred percent agree with that. And I and I actually think any person who's watched this movie can relate to a scene. I think we've we've all done certain things that they did, but to a lesser degree. Well, I hope to a lesser degree. And if you did, it's fine. People make mistakes, whatever, whatever. But um, I, I think anyone can relate to that. Um, getting in an argument and losing your cool and saying things that you didn't want to say. I do think that's very, we've all done that. But I think with them, we were just hoping that that's not a constant thing throughout their relationship. If they've been together five years and they're having that same level of heated argument, like repetitive, not productive, constructive arguments. Which I just saying. Yeah, repeatedly. If that's happening every Sunday night, if that's happening every Saturday at 3 a.m., they're arguing. Oh That's what's not good. But I, I do agree with you that it's very common. And I and I think that is the main reason why a lot of people like this film is because, again, it was very raw. You know, it's it's not about the romantic comedy that we all watch where it ends with a couple ending up together. And you ask, what happens to that couple? Well, some of those couples may end up like Malcolm and Marie, you know, and and so it, it I think it took a snapshot of 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 some elements that do exist which, you know, which is good. But I just hope that's not happening every weekend. Yeah, but again, guys, I do think it's happening at least uh, every two to three weeks just because of the tone <laughs> set. You're laughing, but it's true. It's the tone that they set. It's the tone that they set because the way Malcolm just kind of like, the way he rolled his eyes, the way he sighed, he just already knew it was coming. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's go, let's rewind back when they were back on a high, you know, back on a, a good high, I think it was um, after Malcolm got the LA um, Times review, they talked about it, they bond about it, yada, yada, yada. They went back and they they shared such a sensual moment. And he's like, yo, I just have to pee. I just want you to be on this, be on this cloud nine with me. Stay on this cloud nine with me. Um, so knowing when he, when he came back and she's just staring at the wall, I mean, staring at the ceiling, he already knew what was up. He already knew her mind has changed. And that was an indicator to us right here that this happens every two weeks on a Saturday night at 3 a.m. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. And, you know, I'll I'll also say if we just judge it based on the acting, um, they were given that direction to not act surprised. Because I even feel a lot of the the things that they... Um, at the beginning of the movie, the way they were speaking to each other, it was it felt too too comfortable. You know what I mean? The reactions weren't like, oh my god, it was more so like, ah, here you go again. Another thing that I thought about while watching it was um, 
And something you said too, you know, you have a, a, an argument like this, you hurt each other to this extent, um, and you have to make the decision to to stay with each other, you know, to stay with someone who's hurt you at that level, um, which led me to think about love and whether love is unconditional, truly. Like, do you truly believe in unconditional love? Especially after watching like a film like this. It made me think about that. I do. I, I still do. I'm, I am a hopeless romantic. Um, so I, of, of course, I believe in unconditional love. I just think it's very different for everybody. I feel like everyone has their own outlook of what unconditional love is. And again, for some people, unconditional love is people knowing you inside and out and maybe they hurt you, but find a way to uplift you at the end. Uh, and some people are okay with that. And some people are okay with, you know, just the, the, the surface, you know, just the cuddles and this and showing me that you love me, this and that is unconditional love for them. And some people for unconditional love is that tough love and knowing that, listen, I don't need to, you know, smile or hug you or kiss you every single moment to show you that I love you. I'm going to show you X, Y, and Z. I just feel like the way Malcolm and Marie's unconditional love is just not the way I view it nor want it. Yeah, I, I'm i on the opposite of that. I Aside from parental family type of love, I, I actually think consciously we all say that unconditional love exists, but subconsciously I think that uncondi- that unconditional love is conditional because I do think there's certain things that we will stand for in a relationship. Um, like for me, a big thing is like respect, honesty, the same thing as everyone. So those are my conditions. And if you have those types of things, then we could, you know, be in a relationship and yada, yada, yada. So I, I sort of feel like a lot of people do say like, yeah, unconditional love, but I do still think it's conditional. And I think that's okay because you're setting boundaries. And I think boundaries are incredibly healthy to have in in a relationship. I, I even think the way you explained it in terms of like, yes, I do believe in unconditional love, but like the, the but is your conditional of like, I but I need X, Y, and Z to get to that stage. Oh, see what I did I there? I see what you did right there. You fell into my trap. You fell into my trap. you guys go ahead if you haven't watched it watched it if you have uh please let us know your thoughts and and what you guys thought of the film and when we get back we're gonna do food for a thought Mm -hmm. thought. we're now back uh for today's food for thought i'm gonna have daisy lead us into this one yes so today's food for thought is going to be about the Golden Globes nominations uh, that came out last week. So there's been a lot of uproar, which is very, very valid because once again, um, the award show has left out notable, highly rated Black content. Um, And for this year, the main one that everyone um, kept talking about was I May Destroy You, written, produced, acted, directed, everything by Michaela Cole. Um, And this show premiered on HBO in 2020, and it is such a beautiful TV show about being Black, about being British and Black, about being British, Black, and African. And then the most important thing that this film touched upon was rape, consent, 
And it was just like, we have to do a whole episode on this because it was such a beautifully done TV show and highly rated. All Every single critic I read loved this show. And you have to watch this show, guys. You need to watch this show. It's on HBO. Again, like they, you, you hear like the heightness from Daisy. That's how amazing this show it, is. It was so incredible. And Michaela Cole wrote this all on her own. She did not have a writing team. Um, and if you've, and the thing with Michaela Cole, um, check out another show that she has on HBO called Chewing Gum. Start with that and, and then watch I May Destroy You just to see how genius and brilliant her mind is. But the fact that this show was left out and a bunch of other shows too, cause, um, Insecure was left out. Um, yeah, Lovecraft got a nomination, but none of the actors got nominations. Um, there's a film that came out last year called Juneteenth by that starred Nicole Bahari, another great film that focused on a, a Black woman. But we're just, again, seeing that there isn't a value being placed on Black content, especially Black content that does not have to deal with the civil rights movement or slavery. Oh my God. Oh, I, I did that. That didn't even click to me. Yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting real tired of the black struggle going on. It's always great to know you need to always remember where you come from, but that's not what all black people have to offer. Um, like Daisy said, this was really stuffed out for someone who I, I watch Emily in Paris. I am not the biggest Lily Collins fan but I think she played that role beautifully. I really enjoyed it. If you're a sucker for that romantic, uh, romantic um, comedy feel, bubbly, good feeling um, type of show, that's what you're going to get. But do I feel like his Golden Globe nominee worthy? Hell no. Yeah. Um, even a, a writer on Emily in Paris actually wrote. I think wrote a statement out, even apologizing to Michaela Cole about this. Yeah. She said, obviously as a writer, you know, it's great to be nominated for a golden globe, but how dare you leave out? I may destroy you. Cause again, it was so I think good. Um, and I think what people, you know, if you are an Emily in Paris Stan and you're like, how, how dare you? That shit was amazing. Like it deserved a glo- golden globe. Cool. That is perfectly yeah. fine. We no, 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 let me, let me finish. That is totally cool. But both can exist in the same world. You know, oh. we, we, Emily in Paris could have been nominated. And so as I may destroy you insecure Lovecraft, but that didn't happen. We're still living in the world where a mediocre show like Emily in Paris, that's features a white character who goes to a foreign land in France and, and, and dictates her American values there and says like, this is the way to go. That's what's being awarded versus a show again, that shows the nuances of being a black woman who's trying to um, navigate her identity and what to do after being raped. And so it just, again, shows the value that's, that's being placed in society, once again, here we go. Our theme—this is our rotating theme for a reason. Um, and I think it's just, again, it's just sad, and it's just sad. It's just annoying. It really just is. It's it's just annoying that it didn't get nominated. But at the same time, I think I'm pretty sure Michaela Cole is somewhere writing, meditating, and and not caring about this. Um, 
because because the reason why Michaela Cole and even Issa Rae and a lot of these Black creatives decided to create their own shows is because they weren't getting scripts that were good enough for them. They were getting scripts that that featured a character that didn't fully represent the Black identity. And again, if you look at the what award shows typically award are movies that always just have to deal with slavery and civil rights. And again, those are very important things to um, highlight and show within our history, but that is not where our history starts and that's not where our history ends. You know what I mean? Like life still goes on and the fact that they don't show these other types of films is is really disappointing. But I, at the same point, I don't think she probably cares. And, and again, she did this because she's like, I want to create a space um, in a show that features me and the people in my world. Um, HBO gave her all the creative freedom. It spoke to a lot of people. And I think at the end of the day, that's just what matters. Um, I think we we're getting towards a point where it's like, whatever, Golden Globes, although we're talking about it, but whatever. She's probably definitely taking her, her hiatus right now. And I'm telling you, this woman is a genius. Like Daisy hit it right on the nail. Like if you haven't seen her work, Please start off with Chewing Gum. If you can't find it right now. It's on Netflix, HBO. It's on HBO? Yeah. <laughs> Going to rewatch that because it's really, it's hilarious. You will be falling off your seats. Um, definitely start with that and then move on to how, um, how May I Destroy You and do a little bit more, uh, do a little bit of research and background um, and, and a little bit of background uh, work on why she created that, um, this series. And why she created Chewing Gum. I'm telling you, she she is mind-blowing. Um, she's someone that I definitely admire. And it is it is kind of, you know, uh, it's not kind of, it's very disappointing that she could have, she didn't get the recognition, uh, the recognition, the, 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 she wasn't recognized yeah. for award. Yeah, yeah. But, and you know what? It, it's funny because like all the HBO shows um, that are, uh, black centered didn't get not nominated like insecure like i said lovecraft so it seems like somebody has a bone to pick with hbo but also kudos to hbo for um allowing these black creators to have all the space in the world to to fully create without any sort of um oversight from from the big execs so kudos and to that that's, that's why hbo will continue having my seven to eleven dollars each month yes now hbo max lunch breakers that's what we're gonna start saying uh we're gonna end it here thank you so much for continuing to tune in so please subscribe follow us on instagram at lunch breaks rate us comment share share your thoughts with us um and lunch breaks over so get back to work